0: We have been in the middle of this series, three questions everyone has about God for a couple of weeks now. Two weeks ago, our lead pastor, Matt, answered our first question of the series, who is he, who is God? And he answered that question by saying that God is a good and loving father who is with you and is for you, he loves you. And so that was week one. Last week, Matt brought week number two. He answered the question, is it worth it? Is it worth it to follow Jesus? Is it worth it to, to give up the life that we are holding on to and grab hold of the life that Jesus is holding out to us? And he said, yes, it absolutely is. And today we're going to answer our third question. But before we do that, before we jump into the third question today, I just want to share a little bit about myself, if that's okay, if you wouldn't mind just indulging me for just a minute. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my history. And I've never shared uh, most of this stuff publicly before. So you're all going to be hearing a lot of this for the first time. But i grew up my entire life in the church i spent um like i said my entire life i can my mom always jokes that i was born on a saturday and in church on sunday which isn't completely true because i think i was born on a wednesday but you get the idea i've been in church my entire life i can remember my uh, my very first memory of life was not my very first but one of my earliest memories of life was when i was five years old i was on my way home from church And I asked my parents questions about some stuff that I had heard in Sunday school that day. And my mom shared with me the answers to those questions and it eventually led me in the prayer to give my life to Jesus. That's one of my earliest memories. When I got into high school, I started to feel like God was laying out this plan for my life and that plan was to go into full-time ministry, to work full-time in churches. And so when I graduated high school, I went off to school and my, my major in college was music ministry and that's what I studied. I was there for a year, and between my freshman and sophomore year of college, I got a job offer at a church in Kansas City, which is the area that my wife and I are from. We grew up in the Kansas City area in Northwest Missouri. And so I got this job offer. I dropped out of college. I went and took this job at this church, and I was there for a year and a half when I got a phone call from our home church, uh, the church that I grew up in, that my wife and I grew up in. They were asking if I wanted to come be the youth pastor. And so we talked about it, we prayed about it, we decided, yep, this is God's next step for us, we're gonna take this step, we're gonna go be at this church and be the youth pastors there. So we left, and we went to this church, we were there for two and a half years, and that experience ended uh, pretty poorly, it was an unhealthy situation for us, and eventually I found myself two and a half years in realizing that I needed to walk away from this job, that I needed to quit. And I can remember the day that I came home from this job And I cried and I wept and I remember crying like I had never cried in my entire life. And I don't think I've ever cried that much since. But I cried and I wept and I told my wife, I don't think this is what I want anymore. If this is God's plan for me, it is not what I want. I wanna walk away from it. I don't wanna do it anymore. And I wrestled with God about that for about six more months. I wrestled and I wrestled and I argued with God and I said, I don't want it. I don't want that plan. I walked away from it. And eventually, I felt like God kind of got a hold of my heart. I started working some odds and ends jobs in that six-month period just to provide for my young family. I had two young kids at the time, and uh, we were trying to, I just was trying to provide for my family. But eventually, I came to the place where I realized, no, this is actually what God wants for me. I do need to pursue it again. And so I started looking for another ministry job again. It took me a year and a half to land another full-time ministry job because nobody wanted to hire the kid that was 23 years old, dropped out of college, had already had two jobs in four years. And so it took a long time for somebody to take a chance on me, but somebody eventually did. They sent me a job offer in Illinois, seven hours away from everybody we knew, everything we knew, and we decided to go to this church that was very different from what we were used to. It was a smaller church than, than what my wife and I were used to. It was a different style of ministry than we were used to, but we decided to take a chance and follow what we felt was God's plan for us at that time. So we took off, we went to Illinois, and we were there for all of about six months when I realized I had probably made a big mistake, that this was not the right place for us. I can remember spending so many nights talking to my wife and saying, I think I've messed up. I think I've made a mistake. I think I have messed up God's plan for our family. I think I made a mistake. But we stayed on for another two years. We were there for about two and a half years total, trying to to see if we could feel this thing out and and get this thing to turn around for us. And it just never really quite turned around like we were hoping. So eventually I decided to leave that job and I applied for another job and I ended up going to Minnesota. We moved to Minnesota and we were there for five and a half years. It was a a great season of ministry for us. There were some ups and there were some downs, uh, but overall it was a, a chance for me to grow and learn. And then a couple of years ago, two and a half years ago, we decided to see if we could find a place that really fit us well. And so we started looking for another job and that's what ultimately landed us here in Ohio. And that's why I'm standing here before you today. But I tell you all of that because as I share that story, you probably heard a couple of times in my life where I felt like I had messed up God's plan. I had missed God's plan for my life, that he had something before me that I was supposed to be doing and I was missing it. I was messing it up. And I'm sure that you can probably relate to me on some level with that idea of of this question that I want to ask today. And that question is, does God have a plan for me? Maybe you've asked that question. Does God have a plan for me? You may be here today and you may feel like, I know that God has a plan for other people. I, I, I feel like when I look at other people's lives that God is... he's got them in the right place. He's got them in the right job. He's got them with the right person. Like, I feel like God's plan for that person is, is correct. Like, God has a plan for them. But when I look at my life, I really, really struggle with this idea that God could have a plan for me. Maybe like me, you've spent a lot of nights where you've laid awake and you've wondered, is this God's plan? Is this what God really had for me? Have I made the right decisions? Have I stayed on the right paths? Or have I drifted outside of that plan that God has for my life? And I think the truth is for all of us, something inside of us, something within every one of us pushes back on this idea that God could have a plan for us. And the reason for that is because the life that we see in front of us is not the life that we had envisioned and not the life that we think God could have planned for us. So we push back on that. We probably find ourselves in one of a few categories. Maybe you can relate to one of these today. Maybe first of all, you might say, I don't know the plan. If you're a type A person like me, you kind of like to be in control, you like to know the plan, you like to have a roadmap, you like to know the next steps, you like to know what's right in front of you, what do I need to do next? Maybe for you, you might go, hey, I don't know the plan, and so I'm struggling with the plan. You might say, if I don't know the plan, Ben, I'm kind of gonna begin to doubt that there was one to begin with. Or maybe you might be here today and you might say, I don't believe that there is a plan. I don't believe that There is a plan for my life. If I'm honest with you, Ben, I'm a little bit of a skeptic today. I'm not even really completely sure what I do believe when it comes to God, when it comes to faith. I'm trying to explore that in my own life. I don't know. But when I look at the world around me, when I see the the chaos that's happening, when I look at the, the chaos that's happening in our country, when I turn on the news at night and I see all these things that are happening, I don't know if I can believe that there is a God that would have a plan for all of this. And so I struggle to believe that there is a plan at all. Or maybe you're here today and you, you would say, Ben, I, I missed the plan. I feel like I started off my life well. I feel like I, I was tracking in the right direction. Maybe I can't, you came out of high school or college and you started off on that vocational path and you feel like you were, on the, you were heading in the right direction and things started off well, but somewhere along the way you drifted off course. Maybe like me, you grew up in the church or you've been in the church for a really long time and you've heard this idea that, that, that God has a perfect will, that God has a perfect plan. And so we grow up hearing this or we're in the church for a while and we hear this and and we, we put it to heart and all of a sudden we're going, okay, so I need to watch out for this plan. I need to be aware of the plan that God has for my life. If I don't watch for it, I might just miss it. And so maybe you're here today and you feel like you didn't watch for it enough or you made some decisions that drifted you off course and you feel like maybe you've missed the plan that God has for you. Or maybe you're here today and I think most of us could probably relate to this one. You might say, I messed up the plan. I messed it up. Whatever the plan God had for me was, I messed it up. If you don't know the mistakes that I've made, Ben, you don't know the people that I have heard along the way, you don't know the things that I did when I was in high school, you don't know the things that I did when I was in college, you don't know the things that I did this week, I feel like I have messed up God's plan for my life. If there was a plan for me, I, m- I messed it up, I ruined it. And so if you're here and you don't know the plan, you don't believe there is a plan, you miss the plan, or you, you feel like you messed up the plan, That's okay, because we're gonna explore this together today. Because the reason that we live here, the reason that we have a hard time believing all of those things is because the plan rarely lines up with what we felt God's plan was for our life. The, The way our lives end up rarely lines up with what we thought God's plan was for us. There's a great way to illustrate this. There's a thing that was going around on the internet a little while back, you may have seen this. It was called what I bought versus what I got. And so, like there, you could see a lot of different examples. I'm going to show you one, first of all, right now. There's this, this guy that bought a rug on Amazon, but you can see how you can see how that turned out for him. I, I love his caption. I bought a rug online for my room, and I realized the importance of specifying the size of the product you're selling. That might be important, right? Or here's another one. This guy made a purchase that I'm sure he regretted after he made it. I made this purchase on Amazon, and uh, I'm sure he regretted it. I mean. Once once the item came in, I'm sure he regretted purchasing a Houston Texans hat. I mean, that was probably not a great decision. No, but for real, I mean, he's got this chair that he ordered online, thinking he's getting a great chair for his living room, but he ends up with this another great example of this that we see online you've, you've probably heard of cake fails where people try to make a really cool cake that they've seen but it never turns out the way that they intend for example there was this family that decided to make an aerial birthday cake for their daughter for uh, her birthday and so they got the aerial birthday pan and they make this cake but it turns out like this i mean that's close right There. That's, I'm sure that there are a lot of kids that to this day are probably scarred for life that went to this birthday party. They probably uh, regret going to that one. But uh, those are just a couple of examples. There's another example that you're probably familiar with. Um, you may not be personally familiar with it, but you, you may have experienced it in other people's lives uh, where what we receive or see is vastly different than what we were expecting, and that's the area of online dating, right? Sometimes the, the, what shows up at your door is not exactly what you were expecting. What showed up at the dinner table that night, or at the restaurant that night, was not exactly what you had in mind. Um, you might have been—you might have found yourself sitting across from that person, and hopefully you didn't say this out loud. But you may have thought to yourself, "Your, your profile pictures depict you so differently, right?" But we can all laugh at this, and and. and and try and, and laugh at these pictures and these concepts and, and try and understand them. But the truth is, as funny as they are, in all of our lives, reality begins to set in and things don't feel like they're adding up. Things don't begin to feel like they make sense in our lives. And so when reality sets in, we begin to doubt that there could be a plan for our lives because the picture that we had for them looks different than the way our lives actually ended up. And I believe that the number one reason that we struggle with this, this idea that God could have a plan for us, the number one reason is because of this word right here, interruptions. Even if you know what the plan is that God has for you, even if you feel confident in it, like if you feel like you know every single step along the way of what the plan is for your life, somewhere along the line, life took an unexpected turn, you begin to doubt and you begin to question God's plan for you. One of the great ways that we can illustrate this is with something like this right here. Another word for interruptions would be a wrench. You're familiar with the phrase, I'm sure, someone threw a wrench in the plans. There was a wrench thrown in the plans. You're familiar with that statement? And wrenches come in all different sizes. We've all experienced wrenches in our plans in all different sizes. For example, you might've experienced a small wrench today. Maybe on your way in today, you stubbed your toe. Or like me this week, I experienced a small wrench when I discovered that the air is going out in my car and it's, we're coming up on the colder months. And so now I've gotta figure out how to fix this wrench in my plans and fix my car before it gets too cold outside. Or maybe you've experienced some slightly larger wrenches in your life just a little bit bigger, like you were heading on your way to a a very important business meeting and on your way your car broke down. That would be a little bit bigger wrench in life. Or maybe you've experienced some wrenches that are starting to become a little bit more significant in size in your life. Everything was fine in my life until I lost my job. Everything was going to plan in our lives. We were gonna raise a family together, but then infertility hit and the wrenches start to get a little bit bigger and bigger, and eventually you might find yourself, maybe even now, experiencing a massive wrench in your plants, in your life. Everything in my life was just fine until cancer hit. Everything in my life was going along just fine until we lost that family member. Everything in my life was going along just fine until the divorce, and we all experience Different size wrenches at different times in our lives. Every single one of us. Do you know how I know that every single one of you out there are dealing with wrenches in your lives? Because a week and a half ago in this room, we had a night of worship. And as part of that night, we decided to do something a little bit different. Many of you were probably here. And that evening, as we were together, we gave you each a card and a pen. And we took an opportunity in the service to give each one of you a chance to write down the wrenches in your life, to write down the interruptions that you are facing in your life, the things that you're struggling with, the things that you wanna see turned around, the things that you want prayer for. And so many of you filled out those cards. I think everybody in the room filled one out. And you filled it out and you brought it forward and you dropped it in a bucket. And just so you know, this week, we took all of those cards out of the bucket and we split them up between all of us on staff. This is just my stack right here. This is just the stack that I receive to pray for. So many of you in this room are probably represented in my hand right now as I speak. You're represented in this stack of cards. And I just want you to know, if you are here in this stack, I personally have been praying for you every single day this week. And if you filled out a card at all and turned it in, even if you did it online as part of that night of worship, Somebody on our team this week has been praying for you every single day. And there are all kinds of wrenches, there are all kinds of interruptions that are represented in, this cards, in these cards. From little things up to massive things. There are things just in my cards that are represented from as little as I wanna make good grades this week, all the way up to I'm dealing with anxiety, I'm dealing with suicidal thoughts, I've got a grandparent that's dying, all kinds of different things represented just in my stack. Those are big, things and maybe you came here today and you came feeling like you're you're dealing with interruptions you're dealing with some massive wrenches in your life and maybe you felt like you were alone maybe you came not realizing that guess what you're sitting in a room you're surrounded by people right now that are all facing different interruptions different wrenches as part of their lives as well and if you're here and you're struggling and maybe you're even saying like i'm doubting the plan that god has for me there's good news that's okay you're okay. It's okay to doubt and question and explore. You're in the right place to be doing that today. And we're so glad that you're here to do that. But maybe you're here and and, and you're going, man, Ben, I feel like I messed up the plan. I missed the plan. I'm having a hard time believing the plan or I don't know the plan. That's okay. Because today I want to offer you something better than a plan. And in order to do that, I want to introduce you to a man by the name of Paul. Now, Paul was a man who was living a a life that was uh, different from the life that God had for him. He was living a life of legalism and laws and rules. And eventually God got a hold of him and completely changed him and put him on a brand new mission. And that mission, that specific plan that God gave Paul was to go and reach the Gentiles, which were people that were not Jews. That was the mission that was laid out for Paul's life, the plan that was laid out for Paul. But along the way, even though he had a, a specific plan, Paul experienced some wrenches and interruptions in his life, just like these. Paul was thrown into prison unjustly. He was flogged. He was whipped 39 times. He was beaten with rods three times. He was almost stoned to death, and he was shipwrecked three times, to which I would say, Paul, why do you keep getting on boats? It makes no sense. But he did. And the reason that he did was because he had a specific plan. He had a specific mission from God for his life. And one of the things that we ask in the church all the time and just in the world in general, we ask this question, why could a good God allow bad things to happen to good people, right? How could a good God allow bad things to happen to good people? I mean, Paul was the best person. He was on the best mission he could possibly be on to lead people into a relationship with Jesus. And yet bad things happen to Paul. You might be here today and you might be saying, Ben, I feel like I've been doing it all correctly. I've been doing it all right. I feel like I have been making the right decisions. I have been loving people. I have been uh, going to church. I've been spending time reading the Bible. I've been spending time in prayer. I have been spending time being generous with my life. I've been doing all the right things to, to live out the plan that God has for me. And I am still experiencing wrenches. I am still experiencing interruptions to that plan. Well, the good news is this, Paul had something better than a plan for his life. And I wanna offer you that something better today. So Paul ended up going on and writing most of the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible. And one of those parts that he wrote in Romans chapter 8, Paul wrote this. And we know that in all things God works. And we're just going to pause right there for just a minute because the rest of this sentence does not matter until we get this part right. Understand that it is God that is working for you. It is not your paycheck that is working for you. It is not your social status. It is not your spouse. It is not your friends. Nothing in this world is working for you except for God. God is the one that is working on your behalf. So you have to be confident in that. You have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is working for you. If you can start there, that's the best place to start. He goes on, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So you see, God was not only working, but God was working for Paul's good. The things that Paul was experiencing, being shipwrecked and beaten and flogged and all these things that he was experiencing, they did not look good. God didn't even put those things into Paul's life, but God was using those things. God was working in those things for Paul's good. And the wrenches in your life, the things that you may be facing today, they may not look good. They may not feel good. They may feel heavy in your life, but God can use those things. God can work with those things for your good. He continues, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You see, what Paul had was better than a plan. Paul had a purpose. He had something that was bigger than a plan. Paul had a purpose, and so I wanna ask you this today. At the end of your life, if you have a chance at the end of your life, before you transition into eternity, to look back on all of your life, do you want to be able to say that you lived a life that was full of plans? Or do you want to be able to say that you lived a life that was full of purpose? Because the thing is, plans can change. Plans can be sabotaged. Plans, they can be ruined. But purpose, that lasts forever. Purpose lasts forever And so the reason that you can endure the things that you're going through, the reason that Paul could endure all those things that he was going through is because he had a purpose for his life, not just a plan. Parents, for those of you in this room that have have kids, when you look at your kids' lives, do you want them to have a very specific laid out plan with step-by-step actions or do you want your kids to have something bigger than that? Do you want your kids to have a purpose for their lives? Purpose lasts forever. And so the first thing I want you to take home this week is this, God has something far better than a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. Even if the plan for your life looks messed up, even if it feels messed up, the purpose is still at work for you. So the question is, what is this purpose? Well, Paul tells us in the very next verse, he says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many, brothers and sisters. You see, Paul knew what the mission, the plan and the purpose for his life was. It was not to to fulfill all those things. His purpose was to be conformed to the image of Jesus. And that was it. And there were no interruptions that could come in to defeat that purpose in Paul's life. And there are no interruptions that can come in to defeat that purpose in yours. There were wrenches that were thrown in. He was beaten and stoned and shipwrecked and all those wrenches came in, but it could not deter him from his purpose. We see these things that come into our lives as interruptions. God sees them as something that he can use to accomplish his purpose. So when you, when you looked at that thing that you were experiencing, when you looked at that wrench in your life and you saw that divorce, you may have felt like that divorce derailed your purpose. It didn't. When infertility hit your family, you may have felt like that infertility derailed your purpose. It didn't. God says, give me that divorce, give me that infertility, give me that job loss, give me those unkind words that somebody spoke to you, give me that sickness that you're experiencing, give me that death in your family, give them all to me and I will use them to accomplish my purpose in you. And that purpose is to become the best version of you that you could possibly be. And the best version of you that you could possibly be is to look like my son, Jesus. And so this week, when life interrupts the plan, look for God's purpose. When life interrupts your plans, look for God's purpose. When life throws a wrench in your plans, look for God's purpose because God wants to do something that is bigger than any plan you have been seeking or dreaming or wondering about for your life. And that is accomplish his purpose of being more like Jesus. So, the question that I want to ask you is this What interruption are you going through right now that God can use to conform you to his image? What interruption in your life are you going through right now? What wrench has been thrown in your plans that God can use to conform you to his image? The reason that this matters, the reason that this is important today is because even when the plan falls apart and is ruined in your eyes, God's purpose is still at work for you. So the truth is, in my life, as I shared earlier, whether I ended up in Missouri or Illinois or Minnesota or I end up in Ohio, none of that really matters so long as the the things, the, the interruptions to the plans, the things that feel like they've gotten me off course, so long as those things are being used by God to conform me. And the same goes for you. No matter where you're at, no matter what is going on in your life, The only thing that matters is that you are allowing God to use those things to grow you, to conform you, to help you become more like Jesus. So today's question, does God have a plan for you? I don't know. And I realize that's kind of a a weird place to land when we're answering this question, does God have a plan for me? It's kind of a weird place to land to say, I don't know. But the truth is, I do know this and I can say this confidently today. I can say this with absolute confidence for your life, God has something that is bigger and better and far outweighs a plan for you. And that is a purpose for your life to become more like Jesus. And so I wanna ask you a few things for this week. Would you consider this week letting God be your good loving father just as we talked about in week one of this series? Would you consider just being reminded, remind yourself all week long that there's a God that loves you, he is with you, and he is for you. He is for you with a purpose for your life. And this week, would you consider believing that the life God wants to give you is better than the life that you are holding on to? That the life and the purpose that God wants to hand you is so much better than the one that you're holding on to, so much better than the one you're trying to to dream up and move towards. The life he's trying to give you is so much better. And this week, would you consider allowing God to use the interruptions in your life to conform you to his image? Take those interruptions this week and allow God to use them to conform you into his image. Take those wrenches that you are experiencing and hand them off. Because a a wrench can feel weighty. It can weigh us down. It can bog us down. It can add so much more stress to our lives than we could possibly handle on our own. Or we can take these things that we're experiencing, we can hand them off to God and we can say, God, will you use this for something bigger in my life than the plans that I had? God, will you take this to mold me and shape me and change me into the man or woman that you have crafted me to be, that you have designed for me to be? God, will you help use this thing that I'm experiencing, this interruption that I wasn't expecting, I didn't want, and I don't like. Will you use it to help mold me into the image of your son this week? Because in God's hands, the wrench that we thought would ruin everything can become the tool that God can use to conform you. I just wanna say that one more time so you take this home this week. In God's hands, the wrench that you thought would ruin everything can become the tool that God can use to conform you into his image. We're gonna close our time together with a song that we have been doing for a little while now. And the reason that I picked this song to close with is because of the words that are in the bridge. And I want them to resonate with you. I want them to echo with you today. I want them to be... Uh, something that you can sing with absolute confidence as we sing this together. And those words that we're gonna sing together are this. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when you don't know the plan, Even when you can't believe the plan, even when you feel like you've missed it or you have messed it up, there is a God that is working on your behalf with a purpose. He has never stopped working for you. So you can sing those words with confidence today that there's a God that's working in your life. So we're gonna sing that together. And so what I wanna do right now is I just wanna invite all of you to stand. We're gonna stand together and we're gonna sing that together in just a moment. And I'm going to pray, and as I do, the team's going to come, and we're going to close out with this song together. God, thank you so much that you are working on our behalf. The interruptions that are in our lives, they don't feel good. They aren't comfortable. They aren't fun. They may hurt. And we don't like them. But you can use those things. Those wrenches in our plans can become the tool that you can use to completely change our lives, to conform us to your image, the image of Jesus. So we thank you that you are working in every interruption, in every wrench, in every difficult circumstance. And I pray that you would continue to work that way, and you'd give us eyes to see the way that you're working, even when we don't feel it, and even when we don't see it, that we'd be able to trust. We love you, Jesus. Pray it on your name. Amen.